Here we go. We have reached the day, the day of the national championship game as North Carolina and Kansas will do battle for only the second time in those schools' histories in a title game. And we are ready to see what happens tonight in the Big Easy. Welcome into College Basketball Coast to Coast. It is a Monday, Championship Monday preview edition of the podcast. I am the somewhat rested, a little bit, somewhat competent host, sort of, because I listen to my guys, like Ari Russell, who's back aboard with me here on this Final Four preview, and Deshaun Tate of Tate's Take, the podcast. These guys are here with me right away. We're going to get some great insights, some analysis from these guys. Also, Tyler Jones is joining us shortly. Tyler is a Kansas grad, a former radio host in Lawrence, Kansas. He's now based in Dallas, Texas. He will set the scene on what it's going to be like coming up tonight to be a Kansas fan as they go for their first national title since 2008. Carolina has a more recent one in 2017 with a title win uh, that year in Phoenix over Gonzaga. Kansas, of course, beat by Memphis Tigers in 2008 for their last title. Now these two teams go head-to-head. So a lot to cover here, and thank you for finding us, whether you did so on TuneIn on the streaming channel or whether you found us on podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, play us till your heart is content on College Basketball Coast to Coast, the podcast. We, by the way, will have a recap show when a national champion is crowned late Monday night or even into Tuesday morning. You'll hear a recap show on the TuneIn channel or in podcast form if you're following along. All of those disclaimers and promos out of the way. Let's say hello to my wingman, Ari Russell. You and I have done this Championship Monday game a few times. What's your impression about this one as we get ready for North Carolina and Kansas? What are your initial thoughts? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy that you have two of the bluest of blood programs in North Carolina and Kansas, and they've only faced each other twice in the national title game, last time in 1957. I mean, you know, that was when uh, Frank McGuire was the coach of, uh, you know, UNC. I mean, this is – this is amazing. It's only happened twice at, at on the championship level. Um, so, you know, you have that. Those are the two bluest of the bloods of the programs. Um, you know, obviously it's the Roy Williams Bowl, um, you know, where, where Roy Williams obviously coached Kansas. And then after, you know, the loss uh, in the championship game, I believe, he was famously asked, well, are you going to UNC here in New Orleans? And, of course, he was like, why would you ask me that question now? Of course, I think a day or two later, Roy Williams announced as the head coach of UNC, and the rest is three national championships as head coach of UNC, and they're here again um, in the first year of uh, Hubert Davis. Meanwhile, Bill Self has been here a few times, does have a title under his belt, um, you know. So, so it's it, he's going for two, Hubert going for one. Um, quite the scene, two legendary programs. Um, one coach trying to really put his name and get less criticism for not being able to to win kind of in an irony of what what dean smith was at some point it took him a long time to win finally bill self won and then it's like well we want to win some more you need to win some more championships and dean smith kind of got that too because there was a big space between uh between his victories i believe it was uh 10 or 11 years between his first and second national titles um, so, you know, Bill Self is kind of facing that, that too, with, with the irony against UNC tonight to try to get his second. All right, I also have Deshaun Tate hanging with me here. Love his insight. Tate's Take the Podcast, Tate's Take Hoops on Twitter uh, as well. Just give me an overall thought here as we've gotten to Championship Monday. You've been around this numerous times in your career. What's running through your mind, Deshaun, as we get ready for North Carolina, Kansas in the Superdome on this Monday night? 
listen, no more texting, no more tweeting, no more woofing, no more reading the newspaper clippings and all that. Like, that's done now. Like, now it's Monday night. It's national championship game. This is what, you know, it goes all the way back to all the work you've put in over the offseason and pumping the iron and doing all that good stuff. And so it's going to be good to see, you know, all of that paying off for both teams, win, lose, or draw for whoever the one is the winner and the whichever is the loser. The the getting to this point alone, uh, I think that has certainly um, taken you know quite a bit up from these teams. But I mean the matchups within themselves. I mean you start talking about you know in the front court obviously with Armando Baycott who had about a thousand rebounds in that particular game in the semifinal game, uh, and 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 feeling like it is much of uh, a chip over uh, on his shoulder that he's playing with for feeling like he's being snubbed from ACC Player of the Year. And that's going up against a guy who's probably made himself more money, uh, you know, the, the, to go for the June's NBA draft, like David McCormick. And speaking of, who else has made themselves uh, quite a bit of money as well? Caleb Love, who has been tremendous throughout this entire tournament. And I've been intrigued just by from a shooting aspect. Shooting in the dome, everybody always talks about how difficult that is. You've got Christian Braun on one side, you have Brady Manick and Caleb Love on the other side, and I think that's what's going to make it for, you know, a really good story and um, even just the relationship between um, guys like Caleb Love and Dewan Harris, both of them being from Missouri, uh, there, are, there is some familiarity there. All right, so I love this insight from these guys. You know, I was just uh, thinking when you were saying this, Ari, that obviously there's so much symmetry for North Carolina in this Superdome, in this building. Forty years ago, Michael Jordan hit the go-ahead shot. They beat Georgetown uh, in the national championship game. Of course, that game was known forever. Again, I'm older than both of you. Uh, forgive me for being uh, more ancient here on college basketball coast-to-coast. Coast. It was known for Freddie Brown of Georgetown at the end of the game throwing the ball to James Worthy. Uh, what a gaff when they were down by one. Remember, there were no three-point shots in those days. All in those days, also no shot clock in those days. But Freddie Brown threw the ball to James Worthy. The biggest misconception I always put this out there is that did not end the game. There was a couple of seconds left. James Worthy missed both the free throws, and Georgetown still had hope with a couple of seconds left. But uh, a half-court heave from one Eric Sleepy Floyd, no good. North Carolina wins. Okay, fast forward like you said, 11 years to the Superdome. And the infamous Chris Webber timeout that helps North Carolina. What was it? Donald Williams. Uh, I'm thinking a couple of uh, Dante Calabria and a couple of others. Montross, who's on the radio call. They win in this dome. So North Carolina's got some good mojo in this dome. However, they don't have good mojo in the Final Four against Kansas, at least not in the modern history. They lost in the 91 Final Four to Kansas. Dean Smith got thrown out of the game in Indianapolis. And then they lost badly to them in San Antonio in a blowout loss in the Final Four. Kansas, Bill Self, that team with Mario Chalmers. Um, I'm trying to remember who else, Darrell Arthur, and who else that Kansas had beat Tyler Hansbro and North Carolina badly. So it's kind of pick your poison, guys, on what is your memories. Is your memories for North Carolina those two championship wins, or is it the bad memories of having played Kansas as a program a couple of times? Ari, any thoughts on any or all of that real quick? Yeah, it doesn't really have too much bearing on the current players on either roster at this point. Um, you know, obviously, like you know, most of them weren't even born yet 
for, for many of these things. Um, you know, that's mostly for the fans and the media as well that, that do remember these things for us to talk about. Uh, but really none of that, you know, and, and as far as like kind of storylines and being able to piggyback on them. Uh, but as far as like the game is concerned, none of these are relevant to, to the actual game at hand. Uh, and none of it's going to be relevant in any of the messaging I think that the coaches are going to do in preparing for this game. It is fun to talk about because it does give you a reference point. Uh, but like I said, you know, only the second time. Uh, so really, there isn't any modern memory of any anyone that's really alive today that, that can make any connection between these programs at this point. Um, but again, you know, there's so many things to talk about in this game. This is probably one of the more difficult games. Well, first off, you know, prerequisite here or pre pre precursor to what I'll be saying. Don't take anything that I say for, for, for anything more than, than a spoonful of salt because uh, I usually get this wrong um, because I'm the worst prognosticator of all time. Uh, but I do think that, and there's a lot of people that we're talking about, a lot of people in the media that cover these games for the whole season, they're all having a hard time figuring it out as well. Um, I, I think it has to do for a couple of reasons. It's the path that both teams got here, uh, kind of the way that they played throughout the season, uh, and what we're seeing now at this point, especially from North Carolina, man, uh, you know, they, they were at a point where it was um, – it was looking kind of bleak for them even making the tournament. And uh, they, they really put a string of games down the line, uh, especially closing out the season in that win at Cameron that I think really sparked that for this team. Like, hey, man, we can make a run. And, and you know, beating Baylor. And I think that really in the moment where they blew that huge lead against Baylor but still pulled it out in overtime, I mean, that was a tremendous – that must that was a tremendous hill. So uh, – and, and Kansas obviously, you know, kind of played a little – a little sluggish it seemed in, in their first three rounds uh, but then in the second half of that Miami game just turned it on so uh, and then we saw them you know two halves against Villanova probably one of the best defensive teams turned it on so this is a tough one to call the history in my opinion is it doesn't really matter other than us being able to have a conversation about looking back uh, but for the game tonight you know I don't even know if the history of the tournament and this particular tournament is going to matter um, because it just is one of those matchups that's so difficult to really look at Bumped it again. Yep. Again, that's the voice of Ari Russell as we rock along here on the championship Monday of the 2022 NCAA tournament with Kansas and North Carolina. These guys will be back again in a little while to give like a final thought and a prediction here. Deshaun, same question to you. The mojo of North Carolina winning in this Superdome building where we're going to be tonight is definitely there from Michael Jordan in 82, from the team that won in 1993. But by the same token, Kansas we love the nostalgia. Kansas has two victories over them in the Final Four. What, if anything, do you uh, make of any of that? Again, it doesn't affect the current players, but there are a lot of fans, a lot of hatred, I guess, between the fans of both of these programs to try to sort this out tonight. Quick thought? I don't think it does uh, at all, but <clears throat> I will tell you this much. This is about as close of a 50-50 as it can get. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Had Villanova advanced, I didn't get the feeling that Villanova was going to win in the championship game had duke advanced i didn't get the feeling that kansas or villanova was going to win that championship game but here we have the exact opposite of that in which you really don't know i mean there's not many people that have been talking about kansas all year long as we typically would hear about it i think more of it was about baylor this year uh, especially coming off a national championship and then how often do you hear north carolina being considered 
uh, a Cinderella story or coming out of nowhere or, or an underdog in a national championship game. That's something that it feels like hardly ever happens. And it's crazy just to think of the road that they went down in order to get to this point, which I think was more difficult um, than it was for Kansas. You know, beating a Marquette team, which granted, I don't think anybody would necessarily sneeze at it, but they were still mediocre at best this year, if not anything else. And certainly could have saw North Carolina coming off the way they had recently been playing with the exception of the game at Duke. Um, you know, beating North Carolina probably wouldn't have surprised anybody. But you follow that up by beating the defending national champs. You also follow that up by beating UCLA, who was there last year. And then your rival in Duke and doing that in two of the last three meetings, two consecutive straight. So I, I, I didn't really get a good feeling as to who Carolina was all year. I thought there was three teams in college basketball this year that had no identity, didn't know who that they were. And that was North Carolina, Alabama, and uh, hopefully TJ doesn't kick me out of the room like DJ Jazzy Jeff on Fresh Prince for this one. But the other one was Memphis. Can lose to anybody in the country, can beat anybody in the country. And it's just really going to come down to which is going to show up. Now, I know that Hubert Davis has really been talking quite a bit about the difference that we've seen is them stepping up, you know, defensively and things like that. Kansas is going to come defensively and with a ton of fans. I think they have more here than anyone else. But it will be good of a storyline as any, regardless as whoever uh, – adds a number to the left side of the result column. Yep, somebody's going to get their national championship tonight. Again, we're coming your way from New Orleans on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Thank you for finding us however you did. Ari and Deshaun, stand by. I'm going to get some final thoughts from you in a few minutes and get maybe a prediction from you in a few minutes. As we continue, my buddy Tyler Jones, a Kansas grad, a Jayhawk through and through, a former radio host, in uh, Lawrence and and covering Kansas basketball for the better part of a decade. Uh, Tyler's going to have some great insight on what's going on in Lawrence tonight. Hog Allen Fieldhouse and on Mast Street. That's the big street uh, on the campus that is already closed down in anticipation of a big-time celebration if they can get the win. We have that coming and much more as we continue. As we do come back in, we get ready for this national title game. Kansas and North Carolina play for the whole thing in the Caesars Superdome on Monday night. And I do welcome in a guy that's got tremendous insight on the KU basketball program. I love my wingman from uh, the Midwest, now in Dallas, based in Dallas with Chat Sports. Also, the Jones Report, fantastic podcast to give you insight on everything in his world. A KU grad by the way, and former host in the Lawrence and greater Kansas City area and in the market is Tyler Jones, back aboard on College Basketball Coast to Coast. My friend, how are we feeling? Rock chalk it with the Jayhawks in the title game. I feel great about where this team is headed on Monday night of this matchup against UNC. And TJ, I'll be honest, I was almost excited, as excited about Kansas winning as I was that UNC retired Coach K. So it feels like <laughs> as Kansas plays UNC here that it's a, it's a friendly war of some sorts. Like, hey, you know, I mean, we were rooting for you guys. You know, I mean, uh, welcome. <laughs> it's does, And not to mention it's Roy Williams' two former schools and such too. So uh, obviously I want Kansas to win and, and such, but I, I don't think it's going to be – it's going to hurt as bad if they uh, – or to lose to Coach K and Duke as opposed to uh, UNC in this instance. But, you know, I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, DJ, that I did not think this Kansas team had played to their full potential yet, that, that they were getting better and they'd shown signs that their best basketball was still ahead of them. 
And look at what they did in that second half against Miami. And then that entire game against Villanova here, this team has finally arrived. And at what a time as this right now. And if they play like they've done the last, you know, game and a half, uh, this one, they couldn't take care of business pretty easily, I think. I think you're talking about uh, a chance that, that Kansas could win this game by eight or more if they're playing like they've done the last game and a half. And I think most everybody would agree with that. That's not in Carolina blue or biased for them. The, the way that they turned it on second half against Miami and then from the jump on Saturday night uh, with Abaji bombing the threes, getting the ball inside to David McCormick, uh, that that's going to be a big key. Now, the interesting thing is that Villanova didn't really have the guy like a Baycott down low to be able to slow McCormick down, stop him, block his shot, alter his shot the same way. That'll be a fascinating component to this game. But man, the way the Jayhawks started a house of fire the other night, how can you not be concerned if you're a North Carolina fan? Um, that's what you're saying on that. So I'm curious on a couple of fronts. Uh, the first one, uh, give Bill Self a lot of credit. They're in the national title game, but there's there's always such an expectation there about winning the whole thing. He has the one title, but it's 14 years ago. Where do you come down on the expectation of Self? And even if Kansas, uh, you know, if, even if they've gotten to the title game, if they don't win it, there are going to be a lot of Jayhawk fans saying, what is up with why he can't get us across the finish line? Where do you come down on that, Tyler? Well, I take it back two years ago, the COVID year, Kansas was the number one team in every poll that year. And, you know, I, I felt like they were the de facto national champions. One of my frustrations actually with my own former school is that they haven't done enough to recognize that team for their efforts of what they did would have been the number one overall seed. And, and, you know, was the favorites to go on to win the national championship that year. And to me, that team, I felt like, would have got it done, that they had everything going their way. And then you look at this team here just a couple of years later, it's been quite the run for Kansas basketball right now. And I know that, you know, last year's loss to USC in the second round was frustrating. A couple of years ago, losing to Auburn in the second round, you know, those were some frustrating times. And before that, they were coming up short in the Elite Eight. Villanova had their number, knocked him out in the Final Four in 2018. There's been some shortcomings for this Kansas program for sure. But I think if you step back a bit and look at the last couple of years, us Kansas fans have to be sitting here saying, you know, hey, we've had it good. And, you know, it, it's been a quite the ride for Kansas basketball, what Bill Self has done. And not to mention, too, that, you know, with the – NCAA investigations that have loomed over this Kansas program recruiting has not been what it was a couple of years ago. Things stepped back a bit, but this Kansas program this year, fortunately got salvaged by three big time players in that they were able to get Ochai Abaji and Christian Brown to stay home. They're both, you know, uh, from the you know Kansas and Missouri area, you know uh, local high school talent got them to stay, and they've turned to be top prospects. They're both going to be first round picks in next year's draft. Remy Martin getting him to transfer in from Arizona State after winning the Pac-12 Player of the Year. Bill Self's done a really good job in the transfer portal, and he did a good job of keeping those guys at home. He's adapted to when times got tough, and uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit for it. You know, I have the expectation of this team should win on Monday night, but if they don't, 
I think that title is still going to come sooner rather than later for this Kansas program. Uh, you know, Bill Self with a championship on Monday night joins Rick Patino and Jay Wright as the only active coaches with multiple national titles. That's pretty impressive to me. I keep quoting that stat, and the NCAA agrees with me because they took away Louisville's title officially for all the recruiting stuff after. They did win it on the court, but you're right. He technically has two of them, including the Kentucky one, before, and that would be elite company. If they can get there, you're hearing Tyler Jones with me. It's college basketball coast to coast. It is the national title game coming Monday night from New Orleans as uh, the, the Jayhawks have had the number of the North Carolina Tar Heels in the NCAA tournament, including three straight wins, including the last final four meeting between the two 2008 before beating my Memphis Tigers, Tyler Jones. They pummeled North Carolina in the semifinal in San Antonio now they play again for the first time in 14 years in a Final Four in the National Championship game on Monday night. Tyler, again, does a great job with the Jones Report. Follow him on social media at Tyler Jones Live uh, as well. Uh, okay, so I'm curious about uh, this. We saw that they had fans at Cameron Indoor Stadium trying to root Duke and Coach K on the other night, and they filed out quietly after the North Carolina defeat. I assume that Fog Allen Fieldhouse, the legendary home of the Jayhawks in Lawrence, will be full and will be rocking on Monday night. What have you heard about this with your school here, with uh, the place where you used to go? What, what, what is that going to be like, if you know? Yeah, it'll be a full house on Monday night of Kansas fans filing in. Just this past weekend, the town of Lawrence, Kansas, doubled its size with uh, the amount of visitors in town for the Final Four weekend. As Lawrence, about a town of 100,000 people, had about 100,000 visitors just within uh, the community coming back to celebrate uh, with this Kansas team and, and root them on. Mass Street, which is the main street in Lawrence, uh, is going to be closed off. It's going to be packed. And, you know, I, I bet that if, if Kansas wins, uh, on a Monday night, they'll probably go tear down the goalpost uh, at the football stadium, which they only get to do when they beat Texas. So uh, that'll be uh, nice to continue that tradition of some sorts. And a little fun fact for you, TJ, in Allen Fieldhouse's history, only one time has there ever been a court storming. And it was 2008 when they beat Memphis. The oh. fans that watched the game in that building – even though the game was obviously in San Antonio, stormed the floor that night. And that's the only time it's ever happened. <laughs> I love that fun fact. I do not love that memory because, again, I share with the college basketball coast-to-coast -coast audience on TuneIn and on podcast form. That was the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. And Mario Chalmers, Tyler, shot that ball on press row right at the angle right in front of me. I'm on the third press row, and he's probably 20 feet or so right in front of me, 25 feet shoot it and that looked good from the time it left his hand why in the world out, out of a timeout why in the world was it not clear to the memphis players grab him at midcourt with three seconds left or two seconds left do not let him shoot a tying three that's exactly what they let him do they lost in overtime and again that's bill self's only national title to this point got a chance for one on Monday night. All right, a fun one for the audience real quick because we're only here for a few more moments. At the time I'm talking to Tyler, again, he's in the Dallas-Fort Worth area doing great work with Chat Sports online and also their YouTube page, et cetera. You have been at this little event called WrestleMania, two-night event for Vince McMahon's WWE outfit with all the wrestlers, AT&T Stadium. 
in North Texas in Arlington has been a madhouse two nights in a row. At the time we're taping, you're coming off of having been in there for the Sunday night show. So while, while I'm getting ready for the madness and the mayhem to conclude at the Superdome, you didn't exactly like go to the park and sit on a bench and, and, and watch the birds chirp in the trees on Sunday night, my friend. It was a little crazier than that for you. You're, you're, trying, to, you're trying to catch up with me on how nuts it can be at an event, I think. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I, I didn't grow up a big wrestling fan, just kind of casual. You know, uh, you know the, uh, the football offseason might turn on a Monday Night Raw occasionally from time to time growing up here and there. But I'd never been to an event until tonight and i gotta any say wrestling it's like event of any kind you've never been none, none whatsoever and i gotta say like those fans it's like a cult uh <laughs> i mean it is wild some of these people and and the moments they get loud and such i mean it is quite a spectacle and you know so, some things are better than others some of the the matches weren't great like I didn't need to see Johnny Knoxville perform personally, right. but I mean, seeing, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin come back and, uh, you know, Pat McAfee was out there doing a great job and Roman Reigns <laughs> and, uh, you know, Brock Lesnar and such. I mean, it was highly entertaining. It was money well spent. I'm glad I went. I would go back and, and do it again. That was my well, first time got, at AT&T gotta, Stadium, too. But you got to understand, that's the Super Bowl, that's the Final Four, that's the biggest, that's the World Series, that's the biggest thing in all of professional wrestling, any organization, any venue. So it's great that you got to experience that, but I mean, that's the highest of the high bar right there on what wrestling uh, is in terms of entertainment. And we will see if the final four can match that in terms of excitement. I'm not saying there's going to be pyrotechnics. I don't think there's going to be a stone cold, a stone cold stunner uh, to end things out there on the court. That's probably not going to happen, but we'll see what happens with the basketball, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at it, you know, for this Kansas team and, you know, if they're hanging up the banner, if they're national champions on Monday night, they're probably like the third biggest story of this tournament, even as national champions. One is, UNC knocking off, you know, Coach K and ending, uh, you know, putting him in right. the uh, the old folks' home. And then, you know, two would be St. Peter's as a 15 seed going to the Elite Eight. And Kansas would probably be the third biggest story. And you know what? I think Bill Self and company is okay with that because the pressure has not been on them. Nobody has talked about them. They've flown under the radar, and they've been the best team in the entire tournament. So I expect a big night. Ojai, Remy Martin and company going to play very well. And uh, Kansas puts that uh, sixth banner in uh, the field house when it's all said and done. Should be a lot of excitement. Tyler, I thank you so much. You've done a great job with me on college basketball, coast to coast. You were a wingman with me uh, when we covered the Conference USA Championship in Dallas, Fort Worth. Again, I keep talking about it. You've been there like a month. You've already been working big events. Uh, you've been to the, uh, the Jayhawks in the uh, – uh, NCAA tournament in Fort Worth in the opening weekend. Uh, you've now been to WrestleMania. Uh, you're, you're just you're ingrained now in the fabric of the Dallas Fort Worth sports scene. There's no doubt about that. And uh, now, we'll TJ, I need from you tomorrow at yeah. the championship game. You need to do what our buddy Matt Norlander did. Find a sticker to put on your laptop. I saw that, but see the pro the problem for me is I'm not anywhere near the TV cameras because we are offshoot uh in the in the end zone seating kind of the the overflow media seating 
And there's, uh, I mean, look, there's a lot of different personalities from ESPN and big outlets and whomever that are there. What you're seeing around courtside is primarily the writers, the biggest of the national writers that are around there, that and the local media for the team's writers, in this case, Duke Villanova, also with North Carolina, Kansas, Monday night game will be North Carolina and Kansas writers that are around there. So it's just interesting. We'll, uh, we'll see, Wait, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, the sticker on the laptop won't mean much for me because it, the camera's not going to be showing me my friend. Sure. Just... Sure. Uh, what, what did the guy say? Uh, Gusters is, uh, is for lovers. <laughs> um, maybe, uh, maybe we'll come up with uh, something like a coast to coast is for lovers. We need to, we need to for that. Listen, great work <laughs> on all of this. I hope it works out for your Jayhawks. What a double header. If you get WrestleMania followed by, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks getting a win on Monday night, Tyler. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to be watching the uh, the game at the uh, Noddling Donkey in downtown Dallas, uh, which is a KU bar. Uh, <laughs> KU alumni take over. It feels like I'm right back at the wheel again, like I'm back in college. It's going to be a great time. Should be a lot of fun. Tyler Jones, thank you for the help all throughout uh, March, especially in college basketball, coast-to-coast coverage. Let's see what happens with Rock Chalk, my friend. Good luck. Rock Chalk, coast-to-coast is for lovers. Well, I really know that all is getting right with the world because I am back at the Final Four in New Orleans with Adam Zagoria. We have done a poolside interview over and over again. We even did a quasi-poolside interview with no pool in Minnesota. But before that, we did like poolside in San Antonio, poolside in Phoenix. I'm not sure if it was poolside in Houston, but here we are in New Orleans. The tournament is back, back at full capacity, and I've got Adam Zagoria from the New York Times, NJ.com, and of course his own Zach blog website this is tremendous stuff brother hey tj it is so great to be back poolside doing our annual podcast at the final four we missed it with the covid year and last year we were all watching it on tv and here we are on a beautiful sunny day out here in uh in nolens oh it has been some weekend okay so we're to championship monday north carolina and kansas um a lot has been written a lot has been said i want your take on the end for Coach K coming at the hands of North Carolina. What incredible bookends for them and Hubert Davis to win that game at Cameron and then bookended a month later by knocking them out in the Final Four. Your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I mean, I guess, TJ, I'll just take it from the Hubert Davis angle. You know, I've written a couple stories in the Times. I mean, first of all, he is could be the first coach ever to win an NCAA championship in his first full year as head coach. Of course, Steve Fisher went 6-0 with Michigan in 1989. But Huber wins tonight. He's going to be the first guy ever in his first year ever as a head coach to win the title. Um, you know, I believe they're the fifth eight seed in the championship game to play a one. The only eight to win it was Villanova in 1985. Of course, over Georgetown, one of the greatest games ever. Uh, I do think, obviously, a big key in the game is Armando Baycoat's ankle he rolled it on leaky black's foot the other night in the duke game but then he came back in you know his matchup with david mccormick tj is going to be very critical because uh david mccormick just was a monster just ate up uh eric dixon and the undersized villain over front line the other night i think he had 25 and 9 so you know they're going to go at baycoat early and put him in ball screens and just we'll see how he can defend and move in, in the paint 
I, I was saying this uh, during the game, after the game, and have said it for the last 36 hours. Whatever Bill Self found at halftime in Chicago and ignited his team, good Lord, for those three halves of basketball, including Saturday in this Superdome that we're in the shadow of here in the Big Easy, what did they find, and what are the chances it continues tonight? Yeah, Kansas looked very impressive, uh, TJ, the other night. And, you know, it's, it's really too bad that Justin Moore was not healthy for Villanova. I think he could have guarded Ochai Abaji a little bit, put a hand in his face. I mean, Ochai was just, you know, he was wide open, draining. I think he made his first six threes. And what's interesting is a lot was made of Remy Martin, you know, going into the game and how, you know, he, I think he had 23 against Providence and 20 against Creighton, but he really only had three points in the Villanova game, and they didn't seem to miss it at all because they got whatever, 40, 45 combined from Ochai and David McCormack. Um, so, you know, both teams very similar, right? Like Ochai's been a red-hot, streaky shooter. Caleb Love, oh, my God, has he been hot for North Carolina. He had, I think, 22 of his 28. Second half, he had 27 of his 30 in the second half against UCLA. So the teams are similar. I think Kansas is a little deeper. You know, if Baycoat's not right or gets into foul trouble, they really don't have anyone else to back him up. Um, And then just with the coaches, TJ, you know, Bill Self wins here. He's going to have his second NCAA championship that would tie him with Jay Wright for the most among active coaches, right, because Coach K with his five and Roy Williams with his three are no longer active. Rick Pitino did win two championships, but one has been vacated. So... You know, Jay and Bill would be tied, and and my my band, the Eagles, is playing in the background. I know we got it all working. You got the Eagles working. We got Poolside with Adam Zagoria of the New York Times, NJ.com, and his own Zags blog. If it's happening really with Northeast basketball, the Big East, etc., or the Final Four, Poolside, Zagoria <laughs> is all over it. Hey, say something for the audience that's listening. I want your take. Uh, in these football stadiums, uh, it's different. It's loud, yes. That might have been the continuous loudest I have ever been around one of these in the last 15 or 20 years uh, at the end of that Duke Carolina game. I mean, 70,000 on their feet in the last four or five minutes, and I see you shaking your head. Yes, there have been loud moments. Chris Jenkins made the shot eruption in Houston, but in terms of continuous loud for the final few minutes, and will we maybe get something like that, or was that just special to Duke and North Carolina? What do you think? Well, I mean, look, I, has, as a fan or as a reporter, had never covered a Carolina-Duke game, I don't believe. And so to see the first one in the Final Four in a state electric environment, people were holding their camera phones up like they were at a concert. It was an incredible back and forth there in the last couple minutes of the game with one team hit a three-pointer, another team would answer. So it was an incredible environment. You know, the first game was a little bit of a letdown there because, again, Villanova was missing a key guy. Um you know, I, I, I imagine it'll be as electric tonight. I mean, Kansas has travels well and has a big fan base. I see a lot of people with Carolina jerseys and shirts walking around. You know, I don't think anybody really expected North Carolina to be here. Um, you know, they were on the bubble, let's not forget, of even making the tournament. Um, and I think they've won whatever it is, 10 of their last 11 or something like that. Um, you know, they, they beat Duke twice in a row. I was with some Carolina boys last night out uh, drinking some soda pops <laughs> and they were like man we stuck it to Duke at Cameron and then we stuck it to Duke at the Final Four this one guy we were at a, an establishment that had a lot of skulls on the uh, on this wall and this North Carolina fan with a beard and some beads was pointing to all the skulls saying that's this Duke alumnus and that's this Duke player <laughs> and he was really having some fun with it um, 
So I think, uh, yeah, it'll, you know, hopefully it's just a good game and keeps everybody uh, glued to it. I would agree no matter what happens. And, yes, they want to win a national title. Hubert Davis would love to have a national title. But, I mean, 25 years from now, will people remember if they win the national title that the Duke game wasn't for the national title? It melds together. They'll try to remember that it was for the title, even though it was the semifinal, kind of like the USA hockey team against the Soviets. Everybody forgets that was the semifinal game. Right. Still had to win one more. All right, one more time. Uh, this is going to be something else. It never gets dull, and it's great that we're back at full capacity with fans, some environment. I believe, we're biased, the best event in sports. The Super Bowl is the biggest event in North American sports, but you get four fan bases, three teams, or three three games, uh, one ultimate winner on a weekend. This is the best event in sports, and it's back. Yeah, and let's not, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my St. Peter's Peacocks. Yes. From, uh, you know, I'm from uh, New York and spent a lot of time in New Jersey. And, you know, the Peacocks out of tiny Jesuit uh, St. Peter's University in Jersey City, University of about 2,300 students. Other than Coach K, TJ, they were the biggest story of the yeah. tournament. You know, they knocked off Kentucky to beat Purdue. You know, they kind of ran out of gas there against Carolina last week. But that's why this is such a great event, as you mentioned, is because you get a real pure Cinderella. They were a 15 seed you know, making it to the Elite Eight. And, uh, you know, people love that that kind of underdog story. And then, of course, Shaheen Holloway takes over at Seton Hall this week. Yeah, we'll see how he does. But, I mean, whether it's Loyola Chicago a few years ago, George Mason, uh, Virginia Commonwealth, Butler, whomever, they get they all have the same opportunity to be able to do damage and maybe get it here to the Final Four. And now two Blue Bloods, Kansas and North Carolina tonight. All right, back to the music, back to the pool for you. Just make it for game time, please, tonight for Kansas and Carolina, and we'll be reading you in the New York Times, NJ.com, and the Zags blog, folks. If you want the latest, what's going on in college hoops, the New York area, the Big East, zagsblog.com. Adam Zagoria, thank you. Always great to be with you, TJ. Enjoy the game. Back in with my guys Ari Russell and Deshaun Tate. You find Ari at Ari Russell on social media. You find Mr. Tate at Takes Take Hoops. Find Takes Take, the podcast as well for everything basketball. These guys have been great to be with me all throughout March on college basketball coast to coast. And now we're about ready for whatever is going to happen to happen inside the Superdome. We need to convey again, it was electric, really for both of those games on Saturday night, but especially the Duke Carolina game, 70,000 people standing for the final few minutes of that game. If we're going to get that kind of finish again tonight, sign me up right now if we're being guaranteed that. Ari Russell, back to you. What kind of game do you think we get? Will it be close? And give me a sneak prediction here on North Carolina, Kansas for the title. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think uh, I think it's going to be a game that's going to be played in the, the high 70s, most likely. Um, I just think that, you know, both teams, they, they can get in transition. Um, I actually think that North Carolina is not as good defensively as the two previous opponents that Kansas has played, um, especially perimeter defense. I mean, Villanova is one of the best defensive teams in the country, and they just ran through them. Um, I, Miami was playing as good of defense as there had been going up, and they just demolished them in the second half. Um, I think North Carolina's defense has improved over the last couple of weeks. I still just don't think that they have the defense, especially on the perimeter, uh, to really keep up. I think that uh, you know Braun is 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 a problem because uh, Manic is 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 there. You know he's got some size on him, um, but but he's I don't know if he's got the quickness to be able to to handle. Uh, a slasher like Braun is, who also can can you know 
stick some threes on you. Um, I do think the best player on the court tonight is uh, on Kansas. I, I think uh, Abaji is the best player on the court. Uh, we saw him really shoot well from, from uh, the perimeter against Villanova. But but here's a guy that was uh, scoring a lot of his points, actually posting up the guards of Miami uh, and, and, and creating offense in that game. He can do that as well. We didn't really see that as much in, in, uh, in, in the game plan against Villanova. Um, so I think that that's an advantage because uh, the, the guards on uh, – we, we're probably going to have to see Leaky Brown on him a little bit. The bigger guys are going to be on him. Uh, but that's going to open up some space for, for some guys uh, to get into the lane a little bit. So Kansas is, to me, Kansas ha- has a style of play that, that really uh, adjusts to kind of who they play against, uh, both offensively and defensively. I just think that they've shown to me their adjustments and being able to play against different styles um, makes it difficult for me to see them not winning tonight. Um, you know, again, UNC is playing out of their minds. If they shoot like they did in the second half, if you have Caleb Love hitting those shots like he has been all tournament, look, game's on. Game is on. You know, they're in it. I think they'll be in it for most of this game. I just just think that Kansas, one of the things that they do is they really, really, really do a good job of taking out their opponents out of their rhythm, out of their games. And we saw that with Villanova. They did it immediately. They took them right out of their game, whether that had to do something with Justin Moore. Personally, I don't think it would have mattered as much because I think that pressure would have still applied to Moore as well. Um, but, um, you know, so I, I expect them to do something to, to really keep UNC out of rhythm. Now, if UNC is able to overcome that over to, oh, and, and still be able to play their game, uh, which is possible, um, with them hitting shots, they're going to have to hit some outside shots today. It's going to be a game where they're going to have to be, uh, effective on the perimeter. And if they're not, you know, I, I personally think down low, it's a wash. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a draw, uh, between McCormick and, and Bakett. Um, you know, so, so at this point it's, it's a game that's going to be one on the perimeter and mid range. And it's about getting those open shots. It is about if Kansas can keep UNC off their rhythm and disrupt their, uh, normal flow and, uh, get in transition. And I think that I, in my opinion, I, I'm looking at a 78, 73 Kansas victory. Interesting. Cause for a lot of that, I thought you might be going North Carolina, but it, this is a kind of a toss up thing Deshaun Tate, your turn. What do you believe happens real quick? And give me a prediction when it's all said and done. Yeah, I, as much as I want to say Rock Chalk Jayhawk just because it sounds so awesome just to say, um, I'm going to go with Carolina on this one. You know, I, I, I'm a believer in Hubert Davis and what he's been able to put together, especially when you start talking about things that you have to have in order to win these type of games. Uh, definitely some of it has to be some luck, but they've definitely played also the more superior teams. Now, that's not to say that I can't see Kansas winning this game. I think all the fingers kind of point to that. But, you know, both teams are hot, but I just feel like, you know, Carolina is a little bit hotter. Much like uh, Ari said so beautifully is that I think that the front court position kind of cancels itself out. Uh, But I think that Carolina has uh, potentially more shooters that you can count on um right now versus you know what kansas has and there and it's going to be tough all the way through i mean i, I said it before it's, it's it's just literally as 50 50 can i go with both for crying out loud can i get two of them tj for 200 no somebody has to win the game you can't go with both and, and we may have to go to overtime yeah. but somebody eventually wins this yeah i'm gonna uh, in that case i'm gonna roll with carolina i can't continue to doubt north carolina the way that i have and 
Um, but Kansas is just as, as solid of a team as they are. And the way that they play, again, Ari said defensively, those things all make a difference. Um, but I think that they struggle a little bit in that point guard play, too, when it comes to, you know, facilitating the basketball and just knowing all the strengths and weaknesses, being that, that traffic light to set guys up and give the direction and things like that. Um, but this is new to Hubert Davis, too. So I think that there's so many different points. I'm going to go with Carolina just off the strength. And, uh, and, and, and they're definitely going to rub it in on those Duke Blue Devils a little bit. Duke fans still smarting. We did joke last night. We haven't put this on the air yet on College Basketball Coast to Coast. We went into an unnamed Bourbon Street establishment, let's just say. We went into the restroom, and they had Coach K little plastic photos in the bottom of every urinal where you could urinate on Coach K at this. But just to let you know that there's still some anti-Coach K venom uh, going around, and all the Carolina fans are walking around. We ended Coach K's career. We retired Coach K tonight. So some of that's going on. You just wonder, we didn't bring this up with you guys, Ari and Deshaun, was that their national title game? Was that their Super Bowl? Are they emotionally spent? We're about to find out if that is the case coming up tonight. I don't think it is the case. I believe North Carolina finds a way to win this when it's all said and done. I know this. We've had a blast previewing all of it here on TuneIn, on the streaming channel, and on the podcast form of College Basketball Coast to Coast. Many thanks to Tyler Jones, who's there in Dallas, but a big Kansas guy. Adam Zagoria of the New York Times and ZagsBlog.com. My guys, Ari Russell and Deshaun Tate. We're back after the title game tonight. Whomever is the national title will be recapping it here from New Orleans. Looking forward to that. Late night, Monday night, and into Tuesday morning. Join us for the recap show for the national championship game, Carolina and Kansas, coming up tonight from the Superdome.